Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. And our listeners. Welcome to another edition of A Funny Podcast Presents Talking Trek Wars. Talking Trek Wars! You know, I don't, I would, some part of me wishes we had like special effect, sound effects, you know, like a soundboard. Talking Trek Wars! But then I think those people are so douchey because it just reminds me of Howard Stern talk radio bullshit. Crap. Well, I mean, I think we enjoy, or hopefully our listeners enjoy how wonderfully low tech we are. How much we ham it up? Yes. Okay. I mean, we could be like everyone else and get all fancy production me, but that would require me to spend more money. I just don't want to do that. I just, wouldn't mean money to me. It's just more time. Mm. Yeah. We're already going to be putting time in in a new Facebook, not Facebook, a new website. Yes. So don't hold me to a time frame. That's why I'm not giving you I mean, one. it might happen somewhere between now and the next three years. I'm I'm hoping by June. That's not that far away. I know, but that's still it's time. like three ish months. Ish. But we we work well within the ish. That's true. We are ish. Yeah, we are ish. We're finally getting responses. Okay. Um. So we the last show was a much delayed show. Yes, my computer sucks. Yes, I need to buy a new one. Fuck off and die. Let's just not go there. Okay. Not with you. I'm talking to the hey, listeners. I was as like, well. I didn't say shit, man. And they're silent. They're silent, judging like, "Where's my episode?" I'm looking at you, Fallon. Yeah, you should still be listening. Comment on the Facebook page, and we'll see. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> greetings, Texas. All right. So we have some some stuff to talk about here. There's been some developments in uh, the Star Trek world. Well, yeah, but we're gonna end with Star Trek. We're gonna begin with something off off of the. Da, 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 da. No, 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 not Star Wars. Well, it's a Disney-owned product. Okay. We're going into our very quick, half-assed review of Black Panther. Black Panther. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I was gonna try to come up with a voice, and it just sounded. Yeah, I wish it was like the vocal blackface, and I just wasn't gonna do that. Yeah, no, don't. No, no, not at all. I just wish Sean Wooden was here for this conversation. Uh, yeah, he's sick, and, you know, there's other people we can get here too for it, but, I mean, there's two other people that went with us that could be here for this discussion That's as well. That's true, but neither of them are willing to. Yeah, and that would require an evening, and people to actually talk. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Go figure. Okay, so, Anyways. uh, what is our, our... Spoiler free first. Spoiler free first, but I also don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. Good movie for the big screen. Yeah. Definitely going to own it on Blu-ray when it comes out. Yeah. Not necessarily thinking I'm going to do a second theater viewing. Okay. Uh, loved it. Would do a second theater viewing, but I don't think I have the time for that, and there's too many movies starting to come out that I want to see. Uh, will definitely own it. It's definitely in my top five Marvel movies. Um. Okay. Could, could be top three, uh, but definitely top five. Um, overall, enjoyed it, and uh, it definitely moved well. I never felt like any part of the movie took me out of it. Yeah. Um, there were definitely moments I wasn't in love with. Okay. Um, but in general, I was quite pleased with the complexity of the script. Uh, the cinematography was pretty much spot on from start to finish. Yeah. CGI in true Marvel fashion, was beautiful across the board. Nothing really fell out. Okay. Um, as I am so notably hating on DC for doing such um, 
I will say uh, I think it's one of their best villains they've ever done in the entire of Marvel uni- Cinematic Universe so far. Yeah. Um, I thought Michael B. Jordan did a great job making you believe he was the character. Yeah, well, I, I also meant that I also was sympathetic towards the character. Absolutely. I actually, you know, part of me wanted to root for him, and another part of me was like, uh, I can't. The, for the most part, you did, and then there were moments... Well, yeah, they were always... During, you know, during, uh, specifically during most of his time as one of the focal points... Okay. In in Wakanda, um, it really you just wanted to like fucking punch him in the junk. Well, there was there was one other character I wanted to punch in the junk more, but oh, I'm curious as to which character that was. The one who sided with him, the oh, leader of the soldiers yeah, yeah, on the yeah. rhino. Yeah, yeah, he needed a, he needed a good dick punch or tank kick. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll give, I'll give you that. Okay. He needed to be hitting the nuts with a wiffle ball bat. All right, so let's uh, we can do spoilers in here, but we're let's not do too heavy of spoilers because we will we will circle around circle around and discuss this at le- at depth again with other people. Uh, but we can go into spoilers here. Uh, I love the fact that we only really had three locations. Yeah. And two of which were set pieces, barely locations. Yep. And most of the time was spent within Wakanda. Yeah. Um, I mean, we went to we had we were at, quickly at London for a brief moment at the beginning, and in the middle act we were in uh, South Korea. Yeah, uh, I, I felt as though there were certain elements of the movie specifically where they didn't give us they set up a piece of the story arc but didn't give us a payoff, and I think that's maybe them setting it up for Black Panther two. Well, in you two know, months we got Infinity War, and there's set pieces in Wakanda set up. So. Right. Well, I mean, think one of the parts I'm thinking of is the uh, the Purple Heart Flower. Be, oh, being burnt down. Yeah, them all being burned down. It's like, okay, well, that that's a plot piece that's hanging out there. But yeah, but that's meant for yeah that yeah, that won't like be in Infinity War. That's meant for Black Panther two. Yeah, a sequel, and with him being so young. They don't really need it right now unless all of them are completely – like they don't even have the genie genie, – genie, I can't think of the right – Genealogy? No. The, the genius. Or, uh, the, whatever. I know yeah, what you're going with that. You know what? That scientific term, like yeah. have it on file somewhere. I would hit – Genome. The, what, something like – fuck, whatever. The genome is what you're yeah. thinking of. Uh, on file somewhere that they can't synthetically reproduce it. And they might be able to, right? They've, they've, with that huge technology. They've got all the technology they need apparently Yeah. to uh, – Heal a bullet wound in the spine in a few hours. Must be nice. Yeah, right? Um, okay, favorite character in the movie? Black Panther. Okay, mine is uh, Siri, his sister. Yeah, I can see that. I, she's She is the comic relief character for the movie. Well, I liked how she was a doctor and an engineer. She was cute, and she was smart and funny, and... Uh, like a true sibling, she didn't pull punches just because her brother's a king. Right. Like you know, she did talk shit, and I yeah, I liked it. And then in the post-credit scene, um, 
the White Wolf references to T'Challa's adopted brother, who's the head of the secret police in, in comic book history, is the right. White Wolf. And he wears a panther suit, too, but it's white. Right. Um, but I always like, I was like, yeah, Bucky, you better, you better get with that Surrey girl, man. That, that, she yeah. healed you. She could get some, you know, yeah, some nurse syndrome going um, on. I was really, I found it interesting, and, and I don't know if that was bad or good, that they show us Bucky in the bonus scene. Well, but not Cap. No, you can't, you can't show Cap there. Why not? You have to save him for the Infinity War reveal. Besides the fact that the last time before this movie began that we were at Wakanda was Bucky going under ice. Cap was there, but yeah. Cap also had, had to leave to go do other things. Right. And that's where he's taken up the persona as Nomad, hence the beard. Yeah, right, and, yeah. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a shield anymore, but you need to heal Bucky because you need to bring him back because you're going to kill Cap. So you need to have Bucky on hand to take the mantle of Captain America. God, Bucky's aged well. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I, I figured he might have a little freezer burn, but you never know. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, I thought uh, I best thought, performance in the movie. Oh, best performance in the movie, probably Michael B. Jordan. Okay, it's a tie for me. Yeah. Uh, uh of course, Michael B. Jordan wins out because he had the large role, but um. Andy Serkis, Ulysses S. Claw. Oh, yeah, Claw. He yeah. is just so delightfully, like, A, no makeup or CGI. Right. Just so delightfully evil in his stupidity, but his belief. Like, oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed his performance. You know, he, I think. And I don't think they should have killed his character. I thought you could have left him alive. You could have written a way to leave him alive. Yeah. And Michael B. Jordan would still find his way into Wakanda without that. Yeah. Uh. <clears throat> to have him be that recurring minor villain. Uh, Killmonger was his name, right? Yeah. yeah. Eric Stevens, a.k.a. Killmonger. Right. I had a brain fart there for a minute. Um, the, the one kind of piece I have with it is Killmonger was so... Especially the, the final scenes with him. Yeah. Were a little blatantly political. I don't think you can have this movie without it being blatantly political. Yeah. The whole premise of the story is based off of political. Oh, I get it. I'm not arguing that it was in... I'm not arguing that the context and or what was said is incorrect. But I feel like they could have been... They could have been a little more subtle with it. Okay. I mean, I, I see your point. I disagree with it, but I see your point. Right. And... Again, I don't necessarily, like I said, I'm not arguing with the point. No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm disagreeing with you about it didn't need to be more subtle. In fact, I think the, the tone they captured was the perfect one with how they wanted to say the message because everything about it leading up to that point were those questions. And it asked larger, yeah. the larger questions it asked within the movie. I think are what are intriguing and are what informed Killmonger. So you couldn't right. settle it. You couldn't. To me, you couldn't make it less any more subtle. Right. You had to be blatant and in your face because that's what that character was. And if you if you want to even look at it further, him being that way and everything he stood for completely changed T'Challa. Right. Because he did what he he did what Eric wanted. 
and he went out there and he exposed Wakanda to the world. Right. And he is going to become an influence. But he's doing it a different way. Right. Because at the end of Civil War, T'Challa learned the value of forgiveness. Yes. And acceptance. Eric never could, and his value was vengeance. Right. He's very much uh, Khan yeah. in Star Trek. He's very much – like, he, he, he won, but he pushed it too far. Right. You know, and because he couldn't let go of that vengeance. That vengeance was everything he had. Yeah. And that was all he made up his identity of. And that relates to that, you know, yeah. Taylor Tucan's article, but we won't go into that. <laughs> Anyways. No, I, I agree. I, I mean, look, I, I don't, like I said I'm very pointedly, like, I don't argue what the message was. I think it's a very important message. I also don't think that they shouldn't have done it. What I'm saying is, is they could have been a little more artful. That's all, that's all I'm saying. No, yeah, no, and I know that's what you were saying. I was just saying yeah. why I disagreed with it. I don't know. I, I think I think some people, instead of getting the message, will be turned off by how blunt it was. But to me, those people would be turned off regardless. It's possible. Because I don't need my politics in my football. I don't need politics in my entertainment. Yeah. Star Wars. Like, they're going to find fault regardless. True. Regardless. Now, there are some who are who are don't think that way, who probably agree with you, wanted yeah. a little bit more subtle. Um, to me, I thought this was a perfect mixture. It wasn't James Cameron heavy-handed. Right. But it uh, also wasn't Michael Bay simplistic right. uh, spectacle over message. I thought there, I thought it was a healthy mixture. I thought so, too. Um, the whole... I thought the funniest character in the movie... Was actually not the sister. Was it Martin Freeman? It was the Gorilla King, actually. Oh, uh, Mbatu? Yeah, he's hysterical. We were vegetarians. Yeah. I also like Martin Freeman. Yeah. You know, as, as, uh, Debbie Chief Reeves. Yeah. Uh, who, who, I felt under you, I felt like they underutilized him in this movie. I felt like he was pushed aside too far. But it was nice to have the token white guy. Well, you had, and I don't mean that as in like a like it needed more white people. And I was like, no, no, it was cool. It was the token white guy. Yeah, you got two. One died. It's cool. Don't worry. Well, we don't need Claw. He was. I'm still arguing that I would. I would argue that you needed to keep Claw around, just as that persistent thorn in his side. Yeah, but by by the reason that it needed to happen. Well, they could have written different ways to do it, but within the context of the film, Michael B. Jordan Killmonger needed to be the one to get rid of Claw and bring him back to Wakanda for you to believe that the king of the soldiers would actually follow him. No, I get that. I think they could have... You had to do it that way, otherwise it would make less sense. Yeah. But that's the only reason is for him to follow him. That was the only reason that it happened, that it would take. Yeah. Because all he had to do was come up, pull his lip back, show that he's Wakandan, and they'd let him in. Even if they'd never seen him before. Right, but they would let him in. But that wouldn't necessarily give him the power he needed to have people follow him. All right. It didn't matter if they ch chose to follow him or not. All he had to do was challenge the king and win. Right, but the whole premise of having... 
one of the rulers on his side, which is an important part of the storyline, right? You know, like, is it necessary? Meh. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. I just... I mean, there's so I, much of it where you could... I understand it. every decision they made and the motivations they made for doing it, and I'm not saying they did it faulty. I'm just yeah. saying I would have done it different. Here's the thing. Is there's a lot of this this movie where you could pick it apart, but within the same token, none of it ever felt incongruous. Uh-huh. Right? Like, every decision that we may or may not agree with <clears throat> was done in a very clean way. Yeah. Where you could say, I see why they did it. I get why they did it. I get the motivation for doing it. Yeah. No, so, I gotcha. I mean, this, you know, it sounds somewhat like we're finding the things we don't like, but in general, I want to specify, like, th- I love the fact that there wasn't anything in that movie where you're like, I don't know why they did that. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Uh, one thing that irked you. I, I'll go with mine if you want it yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fucking rhinos. I like the concept of the war rhinos, but the CGI look of them was just god awful. I didn't see it that way, actually. I yeah. To me, it took. It's not like it. You know, it took me out of the movie. It was just. You know, but I. I also, as a as a caveat, though, like a lot of things that are CGI. So it's not like I was like. Oh, that's not believable. They wouldn't be gi- riding giant rhinos. It's just like, huh, okay. I, I didn't have the adverse reaction to that you had at all. Um, I felt it was fairly... Minus the excessive armor, maybe. I just it, meant their size. The way they looked in their size. They looked like they were oversized. and I, I didn't feel that way, actually. I, I don't. Maybe it was just me and the angle that we were sitting, but that's just. No, I, I didn't feel that way at all. Well, that's that's fine. I'm just saying. Um, you know, the whole civil war aspect of the movie really annoyed me because it started too easily and it ended too easily. Don't all wars start too easily? No. Archduke Franz, Archduke Ferdinand was shot by an alleged member of the Black Hand, which then sparked 30 nations to go to war with each other because of stupid handshake agreements. That's an easy way to start. Like, one dude, one dude starts a world war. Again, I go back to within the context of the film, okay? Okay, I'm, I'm just I, I'm I, using I, a real-world example I, here. How dare you use real examples to prove me wrong? God damn it, I've been hanging around with Nicole too much. How dare you? <laughs> I reject your reality and substitute my own. Well, that's that's why we talk about Star Wars and Star Trek. Right. Anyways. Um, eh, the, it, just, it was too convenient for the movie, right? Like, okay. Especially the way the, the Civil War ended. Yeah. You know, and, and then just how quickly and easily they... We're just like blowing each other up and just straight up fucking killing each other. Yeah, it but, was just it was just too easy, too quick for for a group of people who have been living peacefully together for. But you got the they they set it up I think in the beginning when you got the feel that the tensions were mounting between 
clans about, and it had been that way, especially within the ruling family's uh, own family, that they, yeah, you know, his brother T'Challa's T'Chaka's brother, Njaku, Njaku, Njaka is Michael B. Jordan, so Njodu, whatever, whatever. Uh, His, you know, he wanted to do this from the get go. I mean, this is all the way back to the early '90s. So there's a lot of yeah, no, I get it. Like to me, it just felt like there were simmering tensions that were always there. They just needed the catalyst to erupt. Right, I get it. I don't. I, which then goes back to, you know, the thought process is it ended too easily. Yeah, I mean, because if you're if if by that logic you're saying there's all this tension built up and they're ready for this explosion, it ended too easily. Maybe they're just more evolved than us, and they found out when they really took, they had that blowing off of steam, and then they took that hard look at themselves like, this isn't us, and they quickly realized, oh, hey, I can walk this back and not have it really do anything. Whereas in other parts of the world, you're like, nah, fuck it, I came this far, I'm, I'm going to win or I'm not. Right. I, 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 don't, I, don't have a, I don't have a clear answer for you. So. Yeah. Well, because uh, I don't think there is one. No. All right, so what, what grade would you give it? A minus. A minus. I give it an A plus. Really? Yeah. Huh. Even with your complaint on CGI. That was just the rhino. The rest of it I'm cool with. Okay. Just the rhino. Still gets an A plus. Like I said, I can accept CGI. I like some CGI that's really fucking terrible. But for whatever reason, it just rubbed me a little wrong. Uh, I was going to say something mean, but I'll, yeah, I'll back you off. Can, you can... You, I know your prequel comment that you're going to throw out there. That was That's not fine. specifically it, but we'll just say, yeah, sure. Okay. All right. So we need to move on because we got a lot of Star Trek stuff to cover. We do. All right. So I'm going to pull it up here unless you have it readily available. Which one? The Star StarTrek.com uh, poll for couples. Uh, I believe I have it pulled up. So I think we usually start with... Worst or best to worst? Yeah, let's Today, do... let's start in the reverse order. Okay, because I have a lot of complaints about this list. Well, I think it's an incomplete list to begin with. Well, not only that, but there's more to it. Okay, so let's let's start off with the worst to best. So, we're, well, lowest... Uh, so, the poll is favorite couple. Okay. So, least favorite by the voters was Edith Keeler and James T. Kirk at 10% of the vote. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. I want us to get through the list before because it encompasses the whole thing. Yes. At 18%, we have T'Pol and Trip. Boo! You don't like them as a couple or you don't like the vote? Please? I don't like the vote, putting them down there. Uh, at 21%, you have Odo and Kira. Okay. At 22%, you have Gene Luck Pickard <laughs> and Dr. Crusher. Beverly. Which I have issue with Beverly. as well. Wait, wait, let's okay. save it to the end. And number one is Bellana Torres and Tom Paris. 28%. 20%. Okay, here's what I gotta say. Out of all these, only one of them, maybe two, is a real fucking couple. Two of them are. Yeah. Torres and Tom Paris, it's just like, is there any doubt they're the real couple that we actually got to see and know? And they're actually, like, they, I, I agree with them being quote unquote. The best couple, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I think they are, they are a good match, so to speak. They're they're fun. 
you believe them as a couple. It's it's well done. Yeah. I take umbrage with Crusher and Picard. They're, they're not a damn couple. They're not a damn couple. It was hinted at in many of alternate timelines, but it was never actually shown. It was never shown that they were actually a couple. Uh, they've talked they talked about it but didn't go anywhere with it. Yeah. And then in all good things they mentioned that they were married, but you don't actually see or know anything about it. And once again, as we've talked about in so many times for time travel episodes, once you know something could happen, does no longer mean it's going to happen. Exactly. Now let's go to Nerese and Odo. I dig this. It is a good uh I think they should have been the second place couple. Um, they are a lot of fun as a couple to watch. I think you spend six seasons of DS9 waiting for him to have his unrequited love answered, and then it finally happens. But you, we also don't know whether or not they actually stayed a couple. or Well, they kind of don't. Yeah, so, you know, it's... Yeah, but they were a couple. They were an official fucking couple. Okay. okay. Um, My boy Trip gets, gets, gets shafted here with fourth place. He does... Again, not really a couple, though. They were there for a while. The problem is we got robbed in the series of the time that they were supposed to be written as a couple. couple. Yeah. And uh, she still, on the final episode, that horrendous fucking finale, oh. uh, expressed her regret and love for him. Yes. And a, a Vulcan expressing her feelings. A true Vulcan, not a half-breed. Yeah. Expressing her feelings. I'm sorry. They should have got a little bit more love. That's just hate for the Enterprise overall. And I'm sorry, Edith Keeler and James T. Kirk is not a couple. One fucking episode does not constitute a couple. And if you would have argued that, I would have gone with Kirk and Carol Marcus. That would have been more sensical to me. Yeah, I would have gone with that. I would have, I would have agreed um, with that. But, I mean, there are couples that are not on here that are really bothered that they're not. Like, And if you're going to use this sample set as an example... Why is Chakotay and Seven of Nine on here? Hey, exactly. On here? Yeah. Um, you know, where is Miles and Keiko? Right? Where's my boy? I want my Miles Edward O'Brien. Right, right. I mean, where is Worf and Kalar? Where's, where's Worf, Worf and Dax? Dax? Right. Like, where's, where's Bashir Dax? and Esri Dax? Right, yeah. I mean, I mean, what the fuck? How about where's Ben and uh, Cassidy? This This list is super fucking flawed. Where's where's Quark and every beautiful girl that walks past this place? No, no. Where's Quark and Latinum? <laughs> well, you know what, actually? Where is Rom and Lita? Where's Bashir and Lita? Yeah. I mean, this, this list is got some interesting things on here, but it is wholly, wholly not complete. Yeah. And by limiting... Oh, where, where's my fucking Scotty and Ahura from the movies? I... I laddie. That's true. I mean, this this fuck this list. I mean, again, I still go back to I think the right couple is at the top. No, oh yeah, I 100% agree. 100% agree the right couple's at the top. But I'm just saying this list is fucked up. Yes. And you know what? This the is fact that the fact that Worf and Dax, Jadzia Dax, is not on this list is problematic unless they're literally saying you can one, only have one, one from each show, se- one from each series. And I'm sorry, but I'll take Worf and Jadzia over... All right, well, hold on, hold on. Because then I have another issue with this poll. Why? Let's say you take one from each series. Okay, where's Burnham and Tyler? That'd be... I mean, that's seller. I mean, right. That's fucking seller. 
lowest lowest you know denominator. up until like later when you get more information you kind of dig it yeah. you do or if we're doing alt if we're allowing in because of the crusher picard alternate timelines where's to paul and archer because when archer loses her, her mind to paul stays with him because she loves him and feels guilty for him and she's with him for 17 years right you know i mean what are we what are we talking about here yeah, this this poll. Where's sucks. Where's Journey LaForge and the holodeck? No, uh, <laughs> where, where's Jo? Uh, what's her name? Um, the engineer, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, search yeah. designer that he yeah, fell yeah, with. Yeah, he fell in love with her on the on the holodeck. Yes, but in, once again, in all good things, they imply that he and Leah get married. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. This flaw. Where's Where's Q and himself? No, where's Q and Lady Q? Yeah, because they did have a, have a kid. I know, but, but I do love Susie Flaxon as an actress. She's phenomenal. I'm I'm just saying this list fucking sucks. Where's Kate Mulgrew and her coffee? Or her? I mean, five seasons, six seasons of her and Chakotay. Will they? Won't they? Yeah, but they kind of nail that coffin with. Chakotay I'm not saying they didn't nail the coffin shut. I'm just saying if we're doing the well, I mean, but Picard, if you get Picard and Crusher, yeah, yeah, I, I mean. Where where the fuck is McCoy in a scotch? <laughs> mm. All right, we're gonna go back. Keep go, keep on the Star Trek poll list, and we're gonna do the best number ones. Uh, see, I didn't read through this yet. So okay, no, no, no. To... I'm gonna read it for you. Yeah. Starting at starting at least vote at least the yep. most five percent to poll. I agree. Eight percent Kira. Wholly underrated. Eight percent, Chicote. So they were tied. Yeah, he gets he gets the upper because of the spelling alphabetically. Okay. Thirty six percent, Riker. Forty three percent, Mister Spock. The list is fucking wrong. I I I I'm not gonna argue against Spock being. In first place, I would, but would get nowhere fast, so I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, I think Will Riker is overrated. He, you know, the biggest thing that I could say about Will Riker as captain of the Enterprise or as number one, he defeated the Borg and he invented the Riker maneuver. Which yeah. was just, you know, throwing your leg over a chair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he, you know what? And uh, I got to give him props. He brought it back. He brought the manly beard back. He did. He did make the manly beard a thing. Yeah. But is he a better first officer than Kira? I don't know. If I had to choose who I want to go into fights with, I would take Kira. You know? I never felt like Kira and Cisco were always a good team, right? You always felt like they brought things out in each other and she reminded him of things and he reminded her of things. The Picard Riker symbiosis was not anything more than teacher student. Like when you really look at their 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 overall relationship, that's what it always felt like. Yeah. Daddy Picard and Mr. Riker. Yeah, whereas I felt like with uh, Kirk and Spock, 
same as with Archer and T'Pol. They were the complement. They were the opposite side of that of yeah. the equation meant to balance out the hot-headedness of right. their captain. So I, I saw the shirt once, and it's, I actually think I have it as a meme. It's great. Kirk and Spock's relationship. Spock, don't do that thing. Kirk, I'm going to go do the thing. <laughs> Spock, I should fix that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Chakotay. Um, I think he's also underrated on the list, but from a percentage-wise, I would take care over him. Yeah. I really think, in my mind, the list should go, I'll begrudgingly say Spock, Kira, Chakotay, Riker, T'Pol. Okay. So I agree with the bookends and what they've done in the middle. I don't agree with Yeah. Um, where would you put Burnham on this list? Uh, I suppose dead last. I mean, she did try to like. She did. She did do a mutiny. She she did mutiny against her captain. Um, she started a war. I disagree with that. They keep saying she started a war. No, she didn't. It that that ball was already rolling. Yeah, I, I hold know. On, hold on, number two is if you actually rewatch that episode, that those pairs of episodes. Do you know who actually started the war? Georgia. Huh. Because there was one phrase that Takuma was looking for as as the lie peace, of the, the Federation. Peace, yeah, the, we come in peace. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, okay, I, I see that, but yeah. But yeah, no, Burnham's still dead last. Dead last, okay. Mostly because you don't really know, we don't have enough. What about uh, Saru as a number one? Because he was Lorca's number one. Uh... Would he would he get, go above T'Pol or would T'Pol still beat him out? Uh, T'Pol would beat him out. Okay. Captain Threat Ganglia. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. As it is, as it stands, I like the uh, I like the list of being sandwiched by Vulcans. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. If, if you listeners could only have seen the look on his face, <laughs> that just made it so awkward. Oh, but priceless. 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 All right, are we going to go on this IO9's Enterprise list, Absolutely. or are we going to do Discovery first? Let's do the IO9 since we're on the list category. Right? All right, well, so we got to bring this up because we I got, got it. Uh, well, I got. It. I want to be looking at it too. So because okay, listeners, I just wanna, I just wanna say, I saw this list. I sent it to Jeremy, knowing full well what it was going to do. I think I was outraged immediately. Oh, I was too. Yeah. Okay, so they have. All the Enterprises, Ranked. for the most part, lists. Yeah, for the most part. It's got almost all of them. Yeah. Uh, I think it misses the NX-01 variant. Yeah, it doesn't do the refit. Uh, that's that's about it, I think. Did, did they do the Discoveries Enterprise on here? Uh, no, okay, uh, maybe not. Okay, so, yeah. Anyways, let's... And we'll get to that, too. Yeah. We're going to get to that. So, uh, let's start with number, number 11. Number 11, <clears throat> the Enterprise J. Um, I think this is the right placement for it. Oh, no, I'm not going to argue against it. Um, I, I think it's the right placement for it specifically because, A, we literally have almost nothing about it, and it is super bizarre in comparison to the rest of the ships of the line. 
Yeah, but we're also ma- we also need to acknowledge that we jump from E to J without seeing anything in between. Yeah. And if you go through Eagle Moss and get the ship and get the booklet, you'll see how all the Federation ships of the time yeah. had a similar aesthetic look to it. Primarily, they were going to do a Voyager, and we've talked about it before. But I will agree it being at the end of the list. Simply, we have we have we have not seen it. Enough. We don't have enough of it. Yeah. Number ten is the Enterprise from the Kelvin timeline. So the JJ's Enterprise. Um, um, I'm cool with this. I think it's in the right spot. I'm cool with this. I mean, I would have I could have seen the J above this one, but I could have also now that like, yeah, but because this one it looks I know what they were trying to go for, but. I don't need the Fast and Furious Enterprise. No, we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten there yet. Trust me. So we'll move on. Number uh, nine, in wholly the wrong place. But this is when I really started using this. Is when, like, this, this pissed me off. Number nine is the Enterprise B, which is the Excelsior-class version. I, I thought this was an atrociously bad placement for this. Yeah. Um... The, the, and they said it's not a little unique compared to the Excelsior. They, the people of this lit who did this list, I just obviously don't know about the class of ships and their importance. Yeah. And the Excelsior class is one of the longest running ship classes in the history of Starfleet. Well, one of the things that they say in here that really bothers me is, sure, the Excelsior class was meant to be one of Starfleet's finest models at the time. But the Enterprise is an iconic ship and deserves to be at least a little unique. It is unique. The the design of the Enterprise B is different than the rest of the Excelsior class versions. Yep. Just on its the whole fin plate yeah. going out, and the deflector dish is a little bit bigger than the other ones. Ugh. Idiots. Fuck stick. Idiots doing idiot things. This and the reason I think we're both so angry is that the next ship beat that out. And that is the Enterprise A from the Kelvin timeline, which is even fucking uglier than the first one. Yeah, where they've even moved the nacelles further back onto the pylons, yeah. where it, it there's no balance to this thing. It's no. absolutely retarded. Yeah, I just I, fuck hate, hate, hate. Number seven is the NX-01. I, I'm not... I don't hate that location. I think seven is okay, but I still think I actually think that the B should have been ahead of the NX01. I can see that, and I'm not I'm not going to argue against that. Uh, Number six, but to me, I think oh. if I think if we had the NX01 refit on there, I would have expected that to be higher up on the list. Probably if they would have allowed that on here. But these, I just want to say how how much I fucking hate these people. The Ion Nine list. Yeah. So number six is the Dreadnought D, which you and I have a lot of personal love for, but I can understand why it falls somewhat in the middle of the pack. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I just, ugh. And at least, very logically, it follows right behind the Enterprise D at number five. But wait, I want I want to say this real quick, but this line here really pisses me off. The D is not the prettiest looking ship in the Alpha Quadrant at the best of times. More on that in a bit. But giving you more proverbial junk in the space trunk both ruins the Enterprise shape and just makes it look silly. What part of the Enterprise D looked silly? It looked like it was a fucking battleship that was meant... It was a repurposed battleship 
The only thing I don't like is the additional sensor array little wings they put on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, I, that does make it look a little ridiculous. But in general, I think the rest of it makes a shit ton of sense, and it works out quite nicely. Yeah. I, again, I'm a fan of the D variant almost more than the D normally, actually. Yeah. Uh, it just makes it look meaner. Anyways, speaking of the Enterprise D. The Galaxy Class version, the non non yeah, comes in at number five. Which surprises me a little bit. I would have expected it to be higher. I would have as well. Um the, and their whole thinking is the saucer section is way too big, and yes, it meant to encompass families, but it's just not they don't they don't like it. That's just it. Yeah. It's they they call it gangly and awkward and a less than stellar ship. If you were looking at Gravitational balance? Sure, I get it. That yeah. the thing is fucking top heavy and forward heavy is all motherfucker. And yet what? it was designed, built in space, and meant to be weird. in space. Oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, the Enterprise C. Now this makes my heart happy because you know I do love the C quite a bit. Um, and proportionally speaking, it is much more. It is it is more proportional to its size as a whole than the D is. Yeah. Um, I don't know it's I didn't read through why they I got so pissed off by the time I finished reading the D I stopped reading them. Um, I think I'm okay. They with like it because that. it's not the clunkiness of the of the D. Yeah. And they think it looks like more like a natural evolution. Although with the C in between the B the B and the D, like okay. Your design makes perfect sense, especially coming from the A to the B. Because, you know, the nacelle struts, the pylons are like the Bs. Yeah. The saucer is more akin to the A, and especially with the neck. You know, yeah, there's... Well, the, the main body is more of a, of the A. Yeah. I don't know. It does... It's a, it is a progressive ship that you... In the line, I see it. However, I don't know. I just think it looks cool. I like to see. Mm-hmm. Captain Garrett. Awesome. Number three is the E. Which I'm sure bothers you a little bit because that's your favorite ship. Yeah. Well, but yeah, it's I'm a also, tie. It's I'm a also tie. surprised that the D just gets beaten by the E. They call it the hot rod. This is the hot rod version. This one they think it's more akin to the Constitution class. That's why they like it. I disagree. If anything, it reminds me more of the Excelsior class. It does, but they it's, it's... Which they piss all over. I know, but this is, yeah, okay, you know, but uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, then they say the Enterprise A. Now, this bothers me because I, I just read this line for the very first time because it shows you that the writers have no, no idea, idea what, what they're talking because about. Because they call the A is in Search for Spock, and it's not. Well, that's actually not it either. The Enterprise A, the Enterprise's first refit, which we know is false. Like, flat out. Yeah, the Enterprise had a refit, and then it was destroyed in the search for Spock when they blew the fucker up. And then in at the end of the voyage home, you get the A debut, which actually made its full motion picture debut in the final frontier. You yeah. guys are fucking morons. Yes. And finally, the original Enterprise is which, number one. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I take I the A or the refit of the Constitution class a hundred times over... The original. The original, I, I get it. It was the first thing it's ever. It's iconic. It, you know, and it, it informed the design of others. 
But Jesus fucking Christ. Look at the toothpicks. Yeah. It's just... The nacelle pylon toothpicks? It's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. The neck is way too thin and way too long. It's just... So and then there's then there's the satellite dish. I mean, at least it comes equipped with satellite. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the, uh, the deflector satellite dish? Yeah, I bet it gets really good radio on that. Well, and I mean, there was a lot of things about the original Enterprise that were just it was a first stab, right? Like you just go, oh, well, it's got some flaws. I mean, I think. For me, if I were to reorder this, personally, yeah, Jay stays at eleven. Okay. Uh, Enterprise A in the Kelvin timeline goes to number ten. Enterprise from the Kelvin timeline goes to number nine. Um, NX01 probably stays close at eight. <clears throat> number seven, I will give to the original Enterprise. Okay. Um, number six, I would go with the Enterprise B. Okay. Number five, for me, it's probably the Enterprise E. I know you have such love for that. Four uh, would probably be the Enterprise D. Okay. Three would be the Dreadnought. Two would be the Enterprise C. And tops would be the Enterprise A. So the first refit of the Enterprise. Or, no, no. The Enterprise A from the Prime timeline. Yeah. It's just a great looking ship. Yeah, and Eagle Moss has announced that it's the next XL. Nice. And I, I want to get the A and the E in the XL. Really? Yeah. Not the D, because the D would probably make your significant other happy. She can get the D. <laughs> she can get the D all oh, she wants. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh thank you. you thank you for the setup. Thank you. I apologize to our female listeners. Slow clap, slow golf clap. There we go. Uh, we know my order would be a lot different. So put your order out there, since I put mine out there. A, E, B. Oh, so you're going in reverse. A, E, B, C, yeah, in reverse. Okay. C, Dreadnought D, regular D, uh, original series, no, NXL1, original series, J, Kelvin timeline, Kelvin timeline A. I yeah. put the J above both the Kelvin timeline ones. I don't care. I know it doesn't look that great. I know it's got these other things. But I can see the design history, even though we jump from E to J, but just going from the NX01 forward. Yeah. You know, I even put the motherfucking ring ship only seen in the motion so, picture on the wall ahead so, of the Kelvin timeline. So to help us transition a little bit, what do we think of Discovery's Enterprise? Discovery's Enterprise, NCC1701, no bloody A, B, C, or, or D. Um... What was it? Devroni and Brandy? Is that what he was drinking? The green green thing? Uh, Devroni and whiskey? Or? No, no. Aldebaran whiskey. There we go. Yeah. I gave it to Garner. Okay. <laughs> Who do you think gave it to her? Um, what do I think of that ship? You, uh, know, you, you know Where what? would you place it? Huh? Where would you place it? Middle of the pack. 
I would put it right above the NX01, personally. Wherever the NX01 is, I'd be like that would be the next level up. Well, it. You know what I really liked about it was that the nacelles were the NX01 nacelles. They were, uh, sort of. They had. They hearkened a lot to the NX01 nacelles. Yeah. Um, I would have to say that this was the best ship in the Discovery universe. Yeah. Not going to disagree with you on that. I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't enjoy the fact that they fucking went there already, but I enjoyed how they designed it. Yeah. I uh, did not want the Enterprise at the end of Season 1 of Discovery. Uh, do you remember what my text message to you was after I finished watching it? I do not. I can pull it up here because I want to read do. it. I want to read it verbatim. I uh, have to say, though, like... While you're looking that up, like I'm pulling up and looking specifically at the pictures, the screen grabs, if you will, from it. And, you know, I look at this, and do you know what I say? <coughs> Bless me, sorry. Um, it's, it's the Enterprise. And I don't feel at all disgusted by it. No, In yeah, fact, no. I love it. Ooh, I love it. And here's why. Would you get the Ego Moth version of it? Yes. Okay. I absolutely would. You know why? Because this is a truly evolutionary enterprise. It looks you have the the you know the radar dish or you know the satellite dish deflector. You have the correct shape and angles for the original series body enterprise. But then you get a little, this is, you know, you get a little bit of creative license in the sense of it has the same gray metallic hull design that all the other ships do, mm -hmm. including the NX-1, where it's not that overly, like, flat painted gray. It's truly, like, a metallic build design. Yeah. Um, the, the impulse engines are a little more spaced out, more like uh, the B <clears throat> and the uh, later... The A were. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, the warp cells are basically a the version of the NX-01s. You have that blue interior light, the red. Yeah. Broussard collectors. And, you know, so you have the hearkening to the red nacelle types of the, neck, the, the original series version. And you have but those you fin get, flares around the back. You have the fin flares around the back. But you also get... The the blue nacelle lights that that, that like the running lights the yeah. running lights well not even the running lights but the blue lights themselves of the NX01 which later becomes what you see in the uh, in the well actually C, the D the the B the C the D and the E kind of what you come to expect more from traditional Federation warp drive as ships down the line develop. So this is the first ship in the Discovery timeline, or this yeah, I'm just gonna say the Discovery timeline because fuck you, it's not Prime. Yeah. That I go. This is a Star Trek Starfleet ship, and it makes a ton of sense. Like this, I love it. I think maybe the fact that I love it is because it is a good blending of what we want Prime to look like. Yeah. And. 
you know, it pays homage to all the right things. You continue to... I actually think this... Ready for this? This version of the Enterprise draws a better straight line between NX-01, B, C, D, E, and beyond. Yeah. This version draws a better straight line than any of the other ones have. Okay. Now, on the refit, they didn't do it in the movies, but the sides of the nacelles do actually turn glow blue. blue. Yes. Yeah. So, but then they ditched that in the A and went with the solid black, like they did with um, many of those ships in that time. Brian. Yeah. All right. So, after I finished, Jeremy wanted me to let him know when I finished the final, the season finale of Discovery, for obvious reasons. And right? so I was ahead of him, and it was definitely one of those things where I had, because I was ahead of him, I had very specific feelings about the. And I wanted him to let me know when he was done so we could discuss it. So I texted him. Well, and this is verbatim, folks, to the text I sent on, uh, well, it doesn't give me the date, but whatever. Uh, oh, yeah, it was on the 13th, on day before Valentine's Day. Well, that episode was cheese dick. I like maybe a third of it. His res- Jeremy's response was, LOL. And I responded back, was that what you were expecting? And I didn't get an answer to that one. Yeah. Was that the expe- what you were expecting me to say? Not, not that specifically. Was that the response you were expecting me to have? Yes. And why? Because it was a similar response that I had. Um, Shit, are we syncing up? <laughs> we're on the same cycle, Berg. Yeah. Um, I feel as though... They tried so hard in that one episode to right all of their wrongs. And beyond that, beyond that, they went too far. Because they really tried very hard to right every wrong they made in that series. And then did a complete, like, Everything you didn't like, like an Etch-A-Sketch, erased, all gone. And then, then, you know, they try and make you eat that. And beyond that, they leave you with a cliffhanger that's... No, they leave you with two cliffhangers that are really fucking irrelevant. And it shouldn't happen. Well, one of them, I think, is a should. Well... If you go by the guise of that this series will not be an anthology series and it will actually continue, then yes, one of those should not happen. Yeah. Um, the other one, I think, is it sets up the second season, but it's a stupid cliffhanger. They should not have seen the Enterprise. They should not have brought the Enterprise in. As much as I love to see it, the Enterprise was the absolute wrong thing to do. And guess what? You've just fucking jumped the shark. Okay, please expound on that. For so long, they were trying to tell us that this discovery was supposed to be different, that this was going to be the new new Star Trek, it was going to be the modern Star Trek, and it wasn't going to fall into the same pitfalls, and that we didn't need to have so many ties to the old one, i.e., I. Yeah. we weren't going to do Kirk and Spock. We right. weren't going to do that. We were going to set this 10 years before so we could show how what was set up in the universe before then. Right. Bringing in the Enterprise undermines the value of the show that you've created. Right. 
throws another fucking wrench into continuity. Right. Uh, especially with Sarek being on the bridge. You know, yeah, would I like to see Christopher Pike? Cool, sure. But Spock's on that bridge. And we yeah. know from the original series that Spock hasn't seen his father in 18 years. Right. So you have just fucking jumped the shark. So either A, you're going to give us an Enterprise and you're not going to show Spock. Right. Kirk's obviously not on the, on the Enterprise yet. Right. So you basically, we're going to show you the Enterprise fans, but it's not the Enterprise. Well, I don't think it necessarily is. Who are you gonna have? You gonna have number one on there? You gonna have Majority Barrett? You're gonna have you somebody... can't have Major Barrett or Major Barrett. Yeah, she's dead. I know yeah. that, but I'm saying you're gonna have her character no, on there. I mean, I what do you? You're, because you're... at this point, the cage has already happened. Right. So the, the point I was gonna go ahead and make is, I don't necessarily think that there will be a full interaction between crews. I don't think there needs to be. Um, I'm saying you could have done this with any other ship. You did not have to have. Well, but you know, did what? The, the, all we did is you got a distress. Was it was a distress call? Is what they called? Yeah, yeah. No, um, no. But I'm saying you could have had it be any other Constitution class ship. We've seen other ones. There's the York. There's the fucking Defiant. Yeah. You could have shown any other one and had it be different, and you still got to see. The Enterprise without seeing the Enterprise. Right. right. So you wanted to see another Constitution class ship. Yeah. Show us a Constitution class ship, but don't make it the Enterprise. Right. You don't need to do it. Besides the fact that how they ended this season was it summed up the entire show for me. I like maybe a third of it. That's the right. whole. That's a whole series for us. You know, how do you feel? And for those who have not watched it yet, yes, we are going to be right full of spoilers. So fuck you. Um, how do you feel about them reinstating Burnham and expunging her record and then her giving some weird speech? I, I believe the text said it all. Cheese dick. Yeah. Cheese dick. And then, um, oh yeah, so Starfleet, well, we're really desperate, so you know what? Let's set off a bomb on, on Kronos, on the Klingon homeworld. Wow, you, you're really Admiral Marcusing from the Kelvin timelining it up here. Yeah. Like, to me... Not Starfleet whatsoever, but Burnham's the one that's going to bring us back around. Uh, what well, the fuck? What the fuck is Laurel and and Tyler going to do? Is somebody always on the home planet with the fucking detonator? Like, listen to what we say. Listen to what we say. No, the your Black Panther complaint. The war started too easy and ended too quickly. Right. Um, um, you know what? I'll, I'll give you. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry for disagreeing with you on the previous point. Because you pretty much <laughs> discovery proved my point. Oh yeah, discovery proved your point for you. Because they were closing in on Earth, and all of a sudden, they're everybody's just going to turn around and come back to the home world. Now, knowing what you know, Klingon loyalty, that's plausible. It's plausible. It's also plausible that some of them would turn back, and they would still leave their forces out to being like, we can return the heads of the family. Oh, she didn't. We can, as heads of the family, can turn back. You guys go blow up that earth real quick. Right. Like, it, it's, it is. Once you've occupied a territory, you stay. That is the Klingon way. Yeah. Now we're giving it all back. Right? We're just going to abandon everything we took over? That's not, yeah. that's not their way. Yeah. So, and what did we feel about the Orions having a colony on the Klingon homeworld? Never heard of that before. Um. Didn't bother me. That that to me didn't bug me at all. Oh no, I enjoyed those parts. I'm just saying, 
I mean, it's a consulate, right? Like, you have consulates in places you would never expect. Those were consulates. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, okay, it, on any other Klingon-controlled world, I could see it. On the Klingon home world? I could see it, right? Because you have, you know, because if, if anything else, right, the, the, the Orions are merchants. And then where's the Ferengi colony? Ah, well, I, we don't really, <laughs> whew, that's a whole different ballgame. Um, I would say the more specific context of it is if there were a slimy race to get in bed with as a warrior class, it would be the Orions. So it makes sense, right? Like, yeah. Uh, that that didn't bother me at all. You know, it made a whole lot more sense than like a Romulan consulate, or right. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they could have gone with it. I think I have no issue with the Orion one. Um, <sighs> I think the part of that that bothered me. I love Clint Howard; he's hysterical. I did not like him in this episode. Oh, I enjo- I enjoyed him getting Tilly high and Tilly having to freaking figure out like what the hell's. Going- I will see. Tilly's still my favorite character. Right. I liked her as Captain Killy. Yeah, I liked her as Captain Killy too. Um, uh, and the Federation getting in bed with Empress Giorgio, and then Burnham letting her leave and just go off into the space. right off into the sunset. Yeah. No. Not not whatsoever. That's shitty writing. That's so bad writing. It's lazy writing. It's it's all those things. It's lazy writing, and it allows them to bring her back later, which I'm sure they will. Oh yeah! If there is a second season, she will come back. And she oh, there's already a second back. season. I guarantee. Um, they've already announced it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's got to be written. <laughs> That's a problem. Well, thankfully, there's no time frame for it, so maybe yeah. they can fix some fucking shit. And you know, I don't know, fire Kurtzman. Oh God, I hope so. Anyways, um, he. The way they ended that whole that whole thing, right? Like, one of the issues I have is Laurel leading what becomes the High Council. Um, they laid the groundwork for it, for a woman being the leader of the High Council in Star Trek VI. Yeah. But when you look at the big longevity of it, like it's you know it's it's the exception and not. The yeah, rule. and, and, and if, if you're talking about a situation where you're really forming the High Council in this scenario, because that's what this is kind of setting up. It's the formation of the High Council. Yeah. The first leader of the High Council was a woman? That just seems incongruous to me. I'm okay with the fact that it being a woman. I'm just saying I, based no, off the history. I'm okay with it. I'm just saying it's incongruous. With the continuity already yes. established. Because Again. actually, the first the first leader of all the councils was Kalis, because he formed the council True. of everybody else, and then over time it it dissolved and turned into infighting. Yeah, uh, and coming back, but like in the Klingon history, we know even the Duras sisters, who were extremely powerful, had huge armies, couldn't get themselves as chancellor of the high Coun- of the of the high council. Right, they had to go with Toral. Yeah. Which was Duras's illegitimate son. Yeah, even though they they were blood and they had vast armies. Yes. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. It's like it's a it's a weird dichotomy. Um, not to mention the fact I would love to have someone explain to you know 
the high council why her consort and trusted advisor is a human. Yeah. And the sort fact of. that nobody's ever talked once this whole season about augments. I thought when we were going to Kronos, Tyler would be there, they would be there, and they would see a couple and be like, who's that? And somebody would be like, oh, those are Klingons. Like, right. But they're human looking. Yeah, we know. Like some, like a right. passing thing, like, you know, speak it more and you'll die. Something like that. Some right, it's some passing, to explain it. passing reference because then that would also make Tyler's decision to stay a little more plausible. Yeah, it would have been it would have been helpful, um, especially considering that within ten years they're all supposed to look different. Which is, we're just not going to talk about that. Um, the the whole thing about Burnham getting her commission back it irks me. I before we go with that, I need to ask one Klingon question because the internet. Tachba, tachbet. Well, sure. Do or do not. Um, yeah. The Klingon pissing against the wall created an uproar on the internet. Do you remember the scene? No, but that's okay. Continue. Because there were two streams. <laughs> okay. And so people were literally on Twitter and on Facebook and on websites arguing about whether or not the Klingon has two dicks. And... One does not need two pieces of genitalia to urinate twice. That's they're saying, and the argument was it was established in the next generation with Klingon anatomy that Klingons have two of every organ, which then includes two penises. I I, I don't think two of every organ is what they say. They talk about organ redundancy. That but but that's the logic, and the people who wrote the episode, those episodes, you know, when Worf has the surgery. Uh, say, yeah, sure, that works. And so, huh. it's now established canon that the Klingons have two dicks. Well, that's, uh... But then, does that mean the Klingon females also have two vaginas? Well, you know what I mean? Like, it works! Like, and then, now we know what, what Jadzia really saw in Worf. Oh! <laughs> oh, I apologize uh-huh. to our listeners. Yes. Not cool, Although man. I kind of hope you got a mental image, wink, wink, gun, gun. <laughs> I mean, you know, like <laughs> it's just wrong. Like, what, what is, what is wrong with people? That that's their first conclusion they jump to. I saw a Klingon pissing. I'm like, two streams, huh? Okay, let's move on with the story. Like, I wasn't right. like, and but here's the funny thing. Somebody intentionally thought of that and did that on purpose. What do you think? Do you know it'd be funny? What if you had two streams? Yeah. Like, that's what somebody did. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what we've shown in this series so far? What? Naked Klingon humping a human. You know what we're going to show now? What? Two streams. I hope they don't cross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Got a little Ghostbusters for oh, you. Oh, God. Don't cross your streams. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I'm sorry. I had to do that. Please go on with Burnham. I sufficiently distracted you. You, yeah. Oh. Oh. Get it out! Get it out! Anyways, um, I, I, I'm gonna my, send you a picture of Worf and Jazia together, just standing there. Huh? Anyways, plausible. I'll go with plausible. <laughs> Anyways, the whole concept of Burnham getting reinstated 
fully reinstated. Not just giving a commission back, but giving her full commission back as a commander is asinine. Uh-huh. Make her an ensign, right? Like, you done fucked up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> you, you made some good decisions. Sir, we're going to let you back in the club, but you're standing at the back of the line. <laughs> and don't worry, Principal Oshak Hennessy is going to be looking over your shoulder the whole time. Right. Like, to me, that makes more sense. I mean, again, they went ahead and your record's been expunged. Okay, so now she's no longer the first mutineer in Starfleet history. But she's still a fucking mutineer. Mm-hmm. Just because her record doesn't show it doesn't mean that it's not re like it didn't happen, right? Like, you know, it's it's like it's like um, it's, it's, I don't know why that this is the reference I'm going to. It's like when the NCAA makes people vacate wins and titles. Yeah, it's just fucking. Stupid. It's like because I watched that game and <laughs> I know who won. Yeah, it happened. I don't care what your record book says. And in and in the Sugar Bowl of that year, Oklahoma won. Who'd they play? They didn't play anybody. Just Oklahoma. Right. <laughs> it's like that those kinds of things irk me because it's 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 placing this asterisk on reality. Yeah, I don't like it either. Uh I didn't agree with the choice. We do need to wrap it up if you got a meeting with uh, you. That person's running late. Ah. He already texted me. Okay, so we don't need to go as yeah. expeditely as possible. Um, yeah, I didn't agree with that. I <clears throat> I didn't agree with her becoming commander again. And then so what happened? Second officer on the yeah, because of isn't Saru because Saru they didn't make Saru captain, which I think is bullshit. By the way, yeah, I I I didn't like Saru as captain, but after all the things he went through, he earned captaincy. Right. If not on that ship, give him his own ship. Right. But he all of a sudden they're gonna bring somebody in completely different, which now is apparently on Vulcan. Yeah, which is another, which is the cliffhanger. Is it gonna be a Vulcan? No. Is it not gonna be a Vulcan? Is it gonna be somebody we've ever seen before? Are they gonna bring in another woman? Is it gonna be a man? Are we gonna do not a white man? You know, like the whole right, not a white white person. You know, I would like it to be. I would. It would be fun. 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 For it to be someone we know, but someone so early in their career, um, a good or, or like earlier in their career. Um, I would. What about Captain Cartwright? I was just gonna say that. Right. Just like, gonna say like that. Somebody who we know later on as an admiral. Yeah. But they're older. So you get somebody younger and play them. But we don't really know anything. Like, like Cartwright is like, is if you watch the uh, the original series movies, he's quite a recurring character and as hates, an important he hates Klingons. Yeah. He hates Klingons, right? So wouldn't it be fun to see a young ad, or a, a Captain Cartwright? It's yeah. it gives you that piece of canon and somebody you know, so you get a little bit of familiarity, cool factor to it. Yes, he's a black admiral, so you get that level to it as well. But it gives you that piece of somebody you got the familiar, you see where it's going. There's enough time in between when he would be captain and a senior admiral. Okay, I I have, I have something to say. Yes, Captain George. 
Because he's alive in the Prime timeline. He never died. He was in Starfleet his whole life. He was James' inspiration for going into Starfleet. There's We don't know anything about the history of him that's not really been established in canon. You can put him as captain of the Discovery. But, okay. But that's, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I'm just saying... It's an option. It's an option. And the other option is, because he's still under contract, the original Prime Lorca somehow wasn't on the ship when it made the jump and has been oh. on... And it was found and was getting healed on Vulcan. And so you have the original Prime Lorca. And then you have the stupid tension between the ship. Like, oh, our Lorca was from the Mirror Universe, but we can't talk about it because it's classified. Uh, why is everybody uneasy under around me? What's with all the dark lights? Let's turn the lights up. Like, like something stupid uh. like that. You Trust me, knowing this past season, can't you see it? Oh, yeah, they would go full Riri again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, D-Nice. Why? Why, D-Nice? Oh, but I, I actually like the Cartwright idea. No, I love the Cartwright idea. I just don't think they're going to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think that would be, too, I would think, that, yeah, that'd be too much of a pull. Um, yeah. I don't think they're smart enough to do the George Kirk thing either. Yeah, I, I, I do like, the one thing I will give them credit for, from a writing standpoint, you have a true, true story arc with Burnham over the first season. Yes. I think it was too quickly wrapped up in one season. I think it should have been more. I think they didn't know. No, but I mean, the like, like I agree with you. Like She shouldn't have been a full commander. She should have been an ensign so that there were still ramifications for her actions going right. forward. Right. They went with the Exosketch mentality. Yeah. I, I just thought the whole war with the Klingons was pointless. There was nothing. We really didn't. We never learned anything new about the Klingons. There was no added depth given to them like they thought. Oh, they have a religion. What we fucking do? Which none of them believed. We all knew that they have religion. Yeah. We, like, that's not news. Yeah. But now they have a new guy. It was Tukuvma. Like, that well, no. Tukuvma was a quote-unquote messiah. Not... The pro, you know, he wasn't the prophet, not you know, he he was the leader, and not everybody believed Takuma was it. So you know, you really kind of have the splintering effect, but everybody's still like, okay, yes, Kalis, yeah, who, we're, well, I'm not going to go there. No, we, we tread too lightly on religion at that point. We do, yeah. we don't talk about religion on this show. And you know what? There's maybe only one. A vague mention of Stovokor? Kinda, yeah. It's just... It, they never mentioned Graythor. Nope. Damn it. Uh, and... I, I love the fact that how... diverse they made the cast. I love what they went through with their their casting. Yeah. Uh, especially for the uh, crew of the Discovery. Yeah. However... I think they made a lot of poor decisions. They killed people when they shouldn't have. Yes. They went for the Game of Thrones mentality, and it wasn't for to advance the story. It was just for shock value. Yeah. Um, for all their hype and everything that they brought up, they didn't really follow through with anything. This was supposed to be revolutionary and different, 
and follow through on the promise of that original Star Trek's couldn't because of the time frame they were in and the what the like okay what was her her name is uh, Annie Bedell from NBC yeah I don't necessarily agree with it yeah the original series they cast a diverse cast and they gave these people speaking roles however the main plot was around three white dudes almost every episode they were the ones who did everything so what she her she's asserting is that Discovery was a chance to have a truly diverse cast and all of which take part in the action. Now, we can say, did she ever watch DFD Space Nine? Did she ever watch any of the other ones? But you could say Voyager did well by a lot of things, but also didn't give Harry Kim anything to fucking do. He was he had maybe three episodes that were his episodes. Harry Kim is that... I didn't mean to start a side tangent. that lovable loser that you just... You love the guy, and you fucking feel bad for him, because every bad thing that really happens happens to Harry. So he's the L.A. Dodgers of the Sox. <laughs> wait, wait. The Boston Red Sox? The Boston Red Sox, yeah. 109 years? Yeah. One more championship recently than you. Uh, That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I had to Baseball preseason started up. So Thank we, God. We, uh, I, I had to get a baseball reference in there for us. Now, Angel- uh, Angelica Bastien of Vulture had made a lot of assertions to a much of the same way is that Discovery didn't make good on its promises, didn't fulfill the idea that this was a new Star Trek and it was a sense of optimism. There was no sense of optimism. Not until the last episode. Not until the last episode and it was ham-fisted. I, I wouldn't even call it ham-fisted. It was minivan in. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was so forced that it was just it was literally. Do you know what it? Now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, do you know what it felt like? Yeah, these are the voyages, which was Enterprise's finale. Oh yeah. Think about it. It has that feeling, doesn't it? Yeah. Like they went, fuck. We have no idea how we're gonna end this and not make it suck. Let's find all the things that we did wrong. Let's make them good. Yeah. And let's stick it all into the last episode. And that's exactly what happened. Now, these are the voyages will probably go down as the biggest turd episode ever. Yeah. I mean, which is really disappointing for a series finale. But that episode, fuck. God, that was a turd. Yes, it was. I'm sorry. I need to read something real quick. Sure. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of issued episodes. Um, Move Along Home, for example, in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Definitely one of the worst. You know, you solved the game by playing hopscotch and singing a riddle. Yay! Congratulations. You did problem solving at a third-year-old level. Third-year-old level, not third-year-old. I don't know what the fuck that was. I don't know. <sighs> Making for really boring radio, Josh. I I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, it's it's my last ever Legion battle because the game is closing down and it starts at 13 minutes and I just forgot so I needed to go check what my orders were. Got it. So well, the good news is I have a tattoo in 12-ish minutes. All right. So, so um, ladies and germs. Nope. One no? more thing. Oh. So uh, this has been a hard week for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had the stupid weather. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, my boss's sister-in-law died, and the next day I found out that my friend Bob died. Right. Now, Bob, 
uh, is a fellow I know. I usually see him once a week at certain places. Right. Uh, he's a war, two-time war vet, uh, was a father, loved Disney theme parks, mm-hmm. Star Wars, and most importantly, Star Trek. Right. Huge Star Trek fan, so much so that I was always enjoyed getting to see him, and I was asking him what he thought of Discovery, and he told me I needed to wait till the ser- he finished the series, the season, to get his opinion. I never got his opinion. Right. So as a tri- tribute to Bob Black, uh, we are skipping the outro music, and we should be listening to, if I did it right, Cliff Eidelman's written and composed Salute from the ending of Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, okay. as the crew of the Enterprise, Kirk and all, yeah. signs off. So with that being said, Bob Black, find that country.